This is the Answers from Leadership podcast, and I'm your host, Joseph Lalonde. Each episode, we bring you answers from the best and brightest in leadership. So sit back and get ready. Here comes Answers from Leadership. Today, we're talking with Jacob Sokol of Sunsby. At the age of 24, Jacob was having an allergic reaction to life. On the outside, it looked like he had success. Inside, it was a different story. Jacob, can you tell us a little bit about this paradox you experienced? Yeah, totally. Well, I think that generally in life, we're told a story about what it means to be happy and successful and that when we accomplish these arbitrary five markers, whatever those are, wealth, fame, beauty, power, etc., that then we'll finally be happy. And I had done that. I had had my successful IT job. I had my car. I had my motorcycle. Occasionally, I you know, had some fun romantically. And, and I just realized that despite having all of these things that society told me would make me happy, there's still something deeply missing on the inside. And I didn't know really how to deal with that. And I definitely didn't feel comfortable talking about that because people in my current job setting culture didn't talk about those things. And I didn't want to reveal that maybe there was something wrong with me. There is some shame that I had. And I also didn't want to be ungrateful. I'm like, here, I know that I have a good life. Why can't I just suck it up and be happy? Um, But deeper on the inside, I knew that I cannot continue to go on the way that my life is because this is not sustainable in the long run. And I don't know what to do about it, but I'm willing to go out there and look stupid trying to figure it out. And that was pretty much my path. (laughs) So what did some of those stupid things look like to you? I used to yeah I used to set myself up for all kinds of random challenges so like every day I would do one thing that was out of my comfort zone and this was for a couple months and I don't know what that exactly would be that might be going up to somebody who I found attractive and just saying hi that might be doing something really kind helping an old lady cross the street even though that was out of my comfort zone because there's a level of interaction that needed to occur that didn't feel normal for me to do and et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so that was, those were just very practical things that I, I played with when I was still at my old kind of corporate job. But then basically I just turned my life into this big inquiry as to who am I and what am I here to do? And the who am I part is cool because it's not like, who am I? Like, Oh, I'm just this person and I need to deal with that. It's also like, well, who do I want to create myself into moment to moment? Not in an inauthentic, I'm being a fraud type of way, just in that in every moment you have the option to take an action that you want to take. Society will tell you, no, you need to know your role and stay in that, right? So I'm Jacob the IT guy. I'm not allowed to be charismatic and charming and go talk to random people or listen to like the hip hop I listen to or dress the way that I really dress, right? But the reality is, is deep in my heart, like those things actually were true for me and I wanted to do those things. And so when you get authentic and and real with yourself about here's who I, here's what matters to me, here's who I am, here's what I, what I actually want to do, then you can start to experiment to see how does it go when I try that. So for me, I tried meditation, kung fu, photography, travel, just doing all types of weird things just to get to know myself a bit better and see like what's what stayed with me, what didn't. I like was making green smoothies every morning. I was reading books. Like I didn't read a book until I was twenty years old. Like legit front to back. Just wasn't 
me, right? But I'm like, no, hold on. Like, these books are actually interesting to me. I'm going to read some of these books over here. Um, meeting up with new people, going to meetups, finding community, all things that people inside of my current world at that time were kind of like, Jacob is up to some weird stuff. Uh, but I was willing to have them think whatever they were going to think of me in order to be true to myself. I love that. And being true to yourself, what, what did you find, find out about yourself? I found out that the things that caused me that suffering, the things that I was trying to hide were ultimately my greatest gifts. It was the, the pain that I went through of feeling like I'm different, there's something wrong with me. If you knew this about me, you wouldn't want to talk to me. I wouldn't be lovable. I'd, I'd be revealed as not enough. All those things, all that pain actually led me to my purpose. And it was bringing, bringing that to the light without shame, without saying there's something here to be demonized, there's something wrong with this, but actually saying, no, no, this is, this is what makes you who you are. You're human. You're a human being. And the fact that you went through these unique struggles actually suggest and point us in a direction that uh, shows, shows you that you have a unique set of skills. You have a unique sense of empathy for people who've also struggled with that, who are struggling with that, and who you can help with these things. And so some of these things are, you know, crazy thoughts. I had lots of crazy thoughts in my head. You know, I still get crazy thoughts in my head sometimes, right? I'm like, there's a cat behind me right now. I love this guy probably more than anything in the world. And like sometimes I'll just like want to punch him, right? Like because I'll be so bothered or annoyed. And shut the right. And and so is there shame? Like how could you want to punch the thing that you love the most? No, it's just like I had a thought. Okay, now the thought is gone. Like I don't need to give any meaning to that as far as like this defines my worth as a person. And so, so things like crazy thoughts, feeling uncomfortable in my own skin, feeling like I was trapped, hopeless, helpless, nobody could really get me, and not knowing who to talk to about things like this. And so these were things that were all you know, deeply painful for me. And what made it worse is that I knew I had a good life, so couldn't I just be happy and suck it up and be grateful? Like, come on, there's so many people in so many worse situations. Dude, like, just get it together. This was some of the dialogue that I had. And the reality is, is that that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm, I'm suffering and I'm not, I'm not okay right now. And look, take care of myself. That's okay to take. That's a courageous act to say, I'm not, a, you know, something here is off. Let me do something about it. Notice you mentioned that you didn't know who to talk to about the feelings you were having. Did you ever go and find somebody to, to actually talk to? I found myself a nice old shrink, a nice Jewish shrink on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And uh, again, lots of shame about even going to see a therapist, right? Guys at my job, like, going to see a therapist? Is everything all right? Something wrong? You okay? Have you ever done that before? You know what that's like? You know, this kind of like just suspicion, confusion, concern, inquiry. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but lots of all this. And, and my family as well, right? Like, oh, all therapists are crazy, you know, et cetera, that kind of. If you go to a therapist, you're crazy, and all therapists are crazy, don't go. 
ironically, it's the people who say those things oftentimes are unwilling to look at their own craziness. And so then they project that onto other people who are willing to explore the parts of themselves that society might define as um, abnormal or doesn't celebrate, et cetera. So that was a huge deal for me. Just just going to uh, to talk to somebody about what I was going through. And the thing about shame is, one, it's one of the most dangerous parts of being human is shame. And shame is the feeling, the experience of there's something wrong with me, right? So guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. So if, if I were to do something, there's a difference bet- that between me saying that was stupid of me to do Versus I'm stupid for doing that. Sounds very minor, but it's a huge difference. And when we make it about who we are, I'm stupid, there's shame there. And the thing about shame is that we all have it and it's poisonous. It's toxic. It's really hard to build on top of shame. It's like trying to build a house on sand. You'd be taking the same exact actions as I am, but if you got shame underneath there, it's going to go woof. And so... Even just going to the therapist, who is a great guy, really smart, really you know, great for me to start to dabble in some of these different domains that I felt were really hard for me to talk about, um, they, they evoke the sense of empathy. And empathy is what eradicates shame. So shame cannot survive in empathy. And empathy is, oh man, yeah, I, I get it. That's, that's got to be... Huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I feel that with you. You know, I, I get it. And there's nothing wrong with you for feeling that. Yeah, that, that's, it's normal that you would feel that way, right? And, um, and so hugely, hugely uh, helpful. One book for anyone just before we go to the next topic here, one book that's really helpful on this if you're interested in it is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. She's also got two really great TED Talks. You can kind of give it, get a taste of this wisdom from her on those TED Talks. But Daring Greatly... Brene Brown, uh, it's game-changing stuff. And then it's about you taking what she's talking about and going out and finding people who you can share these parts of yourself with that are really scary to share. Brene Brown, I actually got to see her this past October. Mm. And amazing to see and hear her talk live. You know, hearing her stories and how, you know, the thoughts in her minds, I told her one thing, but, you know, that wasn't reality. It was only yeah. reality in her mind. Fights she had with her husband, just the way they overcame that, very inspiring. And I can see how that can help overcome the shame you were talking about. Yeah. I kind of like the shame topic still, so do you mind if we stick on that? Let's do it. A few I'm more here. minutes. You said empathy really helped with that. Was that the therapist empathizing with you, or did you find other people that would help you in that process of overcoming shame? Both. Uh, it was the therapist in the sense that I got to bring some of these deep, dark secrets of mine to life. And then instead of being like, oh, my God, there's something fundamentally flawed with this guy, Jacob Sokol, right? It was just like, and why do you think that's abnormal, right? It was like, so ends? Why is that something that seems bad? Like, doesn't seem like a problem to me. Right. And here's this like person who talks to people all the time who really hears the full spectrum of people in their different situations. It's like, oh, wow. So, so that initially and then finding community of people who I could just share myself with and share what mattered to me without feeling demonized, without feeling that there's something wrong with me. 
this was hugely important. And then romantically, we attract partners into our life who are here to show us the part of ourselves that are asking to be healed. So have you ever dated the same person 10 times with a different name or a different face? It's like different person, right? But like they're really the same person, right? Um, and the reason that that happens is not because there's something wrong with you. It's because there's something that's – there's a lesson that you're being asked to learn. There is a healing that's uh, being asked to take place. And what I found is that actually it's through intimate relationships – that in romantic relationships that not only do we get to have the sense of, of love and of fun and of turn on and of adventure and of companionship, all those are great. One of the most powerful things that an intimate relationship can provide is that my girl can love the parts of me that I find unlovable. And it's actually her job in part is to do that and it's my job to do that for her it's the parts of her that she has shame about that she's like man I hate that part of myself that it's my job to love those parts to actually say like no no that, that part of you is actually like that's not bad like look at that thing or like that's you know this thing actually gives you this big gift of this other thing and to be with her in the moments where she feels unlovable and love her in those moments that is my spiritual duty in my relationship and, and hers in, in, in relation. That can only happen through intimate relationship because it's in those moments that we give people a chance to see what's really going on for us instead of collapsing and shutting down and closing our heart, shutting ourselves off and running into isolation and eating you know five things of ice cream and that's my pattern, that's what I would do. Uh, then instead... We stay open even though our heart hurts, even though we feel not enough. And through that breathing into, okay, I'm here, I'm present, I'm going to stay with this discomfort. And it's a safe space because I trust that this person is here for me with, with my best interest in their mind. She can then love the parts of me that I feel shameful about and are unlovable. And as a result – we can, we can continue to eradicate shame. And we've been in relationship for two years. I've been doing the work that I do now for the last five years. I've been on this personal development path, you know, for the last 10 years easily. Um, it still comes up, you know, like last weekend, I told her about a dream that I had when I was 13 years old that I was like, something about that dream has stayed with me for the last 17 years. And like, it's caused me because I believe that there was something wrong with me for having that dream. It's caused me so much pain. And she's like, babe, that's normal. Everyone has dreams like that when you're 13. And I'm like, what? Like, come on. Like, no, like get out of here. Like, she's like, no, it's just like, we all, we all have that kind of stuff. Um, so it still happens even after doing this. It's not like it's a one-time thing. Like these are the tools in order to continue to process and navigate a fulfilling life. Yeah. So listen to you. It almost sounds like we have to expose what we feel shameful about to realize that they're actually not shameful things. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd throw normal. some caution in there. I'd say make sure you're doing it with people who you feel safe with, right? right. Someone is very judgmental then don't share it with them. Um, ask permission. Can I share something that's really 
I feel really scared to share, but I kind of need someone to just get it out there with. Is that okay? And there's moments where, you know, we're just falling apart and we don't have this kind of clear, concise togetherness in order to preface it. But, and that's okay. But if you do, you can preface it. Hey, there's something that's really bothering me. I'd love to, you know, share that. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. As we wrap up, can you tell us a little bit about Sensophy? Sure. So Sensophy exists to help people get what their soul is asking for. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, especially 10 years ago, I wouldn't know what that meant. Like, your soul? What does that mean? Well, really, what I love helping people do is to get what they don't realize they actually want right now. So that might mean a fulfilling job. That might mean a romantic relationship. That might mean eradicating some of the shame we've been speaking about. That might be, be allowing themselves to go deeply into the masculine within them or the feminine within them and take on these different attributes and be emotional or be really driven. Um, that might be traveling the world or having mentorship or growing. But the reality is, is that oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to honor and admit what it is that we really want because we don't know how we'll be able to get it. And so because we don't know how to get it, we don't even allow ourselves to declare and to realize, no, wait, I really love this other thing if I'm being honest with myself because then we feel like, oh, there's going to be something wrong with me if I want it and I don't currently have it and I can't get it, then my life is going to be worse or it's going to mean something about that I'm not good enough to get it. So what I help people do is, in essence, figure out what matters most to them and then how to live in alignment with these things, whether that's having conversations that actually matter to you that are authentic, whether that's doing work that is really fulfilling for you um, or any other number of, of things that your heart and your soul might be asking for. So uh, in short, that's it. And then I, I love paying attention to the current challenges that our generation is facing. So there's a lot of wisdom out there and a lot of it is really good. But what about the unique challenges that this generation is facing? The feeling like there's so many different options to pick. And the paradox is, is that all these options are making us feel anxious, uncertain, confused, overwhelmed, and afraid to pick any option because we don't want to pick the wrong one. And so then we take no action. Um, what about this huge discrepancy between our ambitions and our current accomplishments? You know, our society at large has told us that we can have it all, right? We can be rich and famous and sexy and, and et cetera, et cetera, and fairly easily too, right? Like, why not? Just figure out the hack, figure out the quick fix. And the reality is, is that this is just marketing. This is just a cultural hypnosis that we've been placed under that isn't actually the way life works. And so what is it that actually matters to you? Forget about what society says or what it means to be a man or a woman or what it means to be anything that anyone is telling you you should be. But what is it that you actually want? And then how do we close the gap between where you are and where you want to be? Um, and I can go on about you know more challenges about feeling unique and special and like you know there's something great within us that you know um, that is that is there that is waiting to be you know recognized by the world, but that we don't actually have to put in any of the hard work to to get it. Um, so looking at the unique challenges of today, 
and then seeking out some of the best wisdom that exists, whether it's from positive psychologists or CEOs or spiritual luminaries or whatever that might be, and then helping to translate this great wisdom into a language that our generation can actually hear it in. Awesome. Sounds like you're doing some great things. Wow. I love chatting with Jacob for today's show. While the show didn't focus on a specific aspect of leadership, I believe it hit on an important topic, that of shame. We all struggle with shame at some point in our lives, even when we don't want to admit it. Covering up these feelings can be detrimental to our health and our leadership. We must deal with it. In our conversation, Jacob told us a couple of ways we can deal with shame. One thing we can do is talk to a shrink or counselor about what we're dealing with. This will be a safe place to delve into our feelings and thoughts without feeling that deep-seated shame. Another action is find a safe community where we can openly talk about our struggles. Shame is a serious thing, and I hope this episode helps shed some light on this topic for you. Don't let shame get the best of you. As always, you can find the show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode at jmlalonde.com slash 005. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so swing by the page and leave a comment there as well. A huge thank you to Dr. Goad and Pete Primo for leaving a review on iTunes. If you enjoyed the show like Dr. Goad and Pete, would you be willing to subscribe and leave a comment in iTunes? The link to the show in iTunes can be found at the page mentioned earlier. This helps people find the show and also lets them know others are enjoying it. Thanks, and keep leading well.